Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello friends and welcome back to Voice of the Church. My name is Pastor Cody and we continue in our series here at the beginning chapters of Exodus. Last week we had spoken about how the Lord called Moses through the burning bush. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about this account wherein Moses actually asks a number of questions of the Lord. I invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 4. So Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And the Lord said to him, What's that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous, like snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored, like the rest of his flesh. And the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs and listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses says to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. And the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform miraculous signs with it. So what makes something worth your while? When buying a home, perhaps you receive assistance in determining if the building has sound qualities or not. When interacting with others, we can evaluate how things are accomplished. But when it comes to ourselves, we often downplay our own worthiness. We diminish our own qualities or highlight our shortcomings and question whether or not we're worthy of something. We find someone with this mindset in Exodus 4. Moses objects again and again to being the prophet of the Lord to Israel and Egypt. He raises a number of objections, frequently centered around his own lack of qualities. And yet over and against Moses' objections, the Lord answers, 
He does not discount Moses' objections, but demonstrates his own love and grace and power and sovereignty. It's in who God is, what he does, that we find what is truly worthwhile, not in the shortcomings of man. The dialogue between Moses and the Lord is a beautiful display of who God is. This exchange between the Creator and His creature testifies to God's power, to His glory, to His patience, to His grace. We cannot focus here upon Moses and his shortcomings except through the lens of who God is, the one who is to use this unworthy man to bring his noteworthy message. But Moses is unwilling to go. He constantly brings up reasons for him not to be sent to Egypt. In fact, Moses objects no less than five times to the Lord. He's so reluctant to go that he tried to say no to God five times. That's not acting in a manner worthy of a follower of God. That's not acting in faith. In this, we see an awesome display of God's grace and patience. Even as he appeared to Moses there in the burning bush, he was patient with Moses. He was willing to answer Moses on each of his objections. He answers the objections. He gives him signs and he reassures him. But even after appearing to him in the burning bush, even after revealing himself as the great I Am, even with equipping him with signs that would testify to his calling, Moses still sought out ways to avoid his calling. And we see in this that Moses did not have the capacity to display who God is. Moses was unwilling to display God's love, his power, and his authority. His worthiness to display such miracles would not come from him, but from God. And that's true for us today as well. We might read such a passage and wonder at Moses. How could he be so foolish? How could he not go, having seen the burning bush, having heard God talk to him, having received such wonderful miracles to display? If we could turn sticks into snakes, wouldn't that be something else? But, my friends, do we not have something far greater to display? The signs that God gave to Moses were mere symbols of his power, unnoteworthy in themselves. In fact, the Egyptian magicians would do something similar in Pharaoh's court. Such a display did not win over Pharaoh. Similar tricks today won't win anyone over either. Those signs are not worthwhile when we compare them to the sign of the cross. In Christ, we have the greatest sign of all to display. That a staff can be turned into a snake, that's something indeed. But for a man to come back to life, to life eternal at that, that's something else entirely. That a man's hand can become leprous and clean at the twist of an arm is noteworthy. But for people dead in their trespasses to begin living with a new nature, that's far greater. That water poured out could turn to blood might be cause for alarm, but that one man's blood poured out could turn salvation for countless souls, that's a sign worthy of proclamation. We, who are just as unworthy in ourselves as Moses was, we have a far more noteworthy sign to display in our Lord and Savior. Should we think that we have nothing to display to the world? 
Should we think of our own shortcomings and consider that others ought to display God's love instead? Or is the sign that God would redeem even someone like myself not be testimony enough to God's glorious gospel of salvation? This is God highlighting to Moses again just who it is that makes him worthy. He'd shown to Moses that he was a faithful God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He'd shown himself through the burning bush, a holy God before an unholy man, and did not consume him. He'd reassured Moses that it was his plan that was being carried out. He'd given to Moses signs through the staff and the cloak. And now he reminds Moses that he is completely sovereign, not only over his staff or his hand, but over everything. I am the God who's created heaven and earth. And that's both a terrifying and comforting thought. Here's a God absolutely in control, and he reminds Moses of that, also over language. Here's the God who used his word to create heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them in six days. Here is the God who saw mankind reject his sovereign authority and confounded their words at Babel. Here's the God who will put true words into his servant's mouth. God's words more powerful, more moving, more compelling than anyone's word. He doesn't need the fancy oratory skills of the best speakers of man. He does not need compelling and elaborate arguments to present his case. His word is spoken and is realized. God's word goes forth and it does not return to him empty. Moses, as unworthy his speech capacity was, he would be a worthy speaker because of the words God would give him. This worthiness does not come from him, but from the noteworthy message that he could bring. Noteworthy not in how he presented it, but noteworthy because it's the message of God, a message of salvation for the people of God. So when we consider the word of God as the qualifier for worthiness, then our own objections fade away. We know that God's word will accomplish its purpose. We may know that the God who made our mouths, who gifted us with language, whose spirit dwells in our hearts, is a God who makes us worthy to bear witness to the truths of salvation. And that makes the followers of God, that makes people like you and me, if you believe in Jesus, worthy to be sent. The issue with Moses was always on the self so focused upon his own shortcomings that he's unwilling, unable to focus upon God's power, God's capacity, God's plan, God's word. So focused upon the daunting task in front of him, his inability to carry that task out, that he lost sight on the only one who could guarantee that task would be completed. Moses kindled the anger of the Lord because he failed to acknowledge who God was. Even as the Lord answered his every objection with further displays of his sovereign power and divine purpose, still Moses refused to trust him. Is that not a great insult against the Lord? Now we would fail to trust in him. The Lord wasn't sending Moses on his own strength. That's not what made Moses worthy. 
In himself, Moses was not worthy to be sent, but in the strength of God, he was worthy to be sent. Moses would need to cling to God's promises by faith and carry out the plan of God in the strength of his God, not in his own strength. In this way alone could Moses be considered worthy to be sent. This is where the perspective that Paul had by the power of the Spirit is needed. We need to have the same attitude that he did when it comes to doing the will of the Lord. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then he is strong. It's true, we're not worthy, not any more than Moses was. We were, by nature, children of wrath. But by the grace of God, his power is made perfect in our weakness. Our weaknesses do not diminish our worthiness in the hands of God any more than our strengths contribute to our worthiness. Just as we're worthy to display and speak of God's glory because of Christ, so also we're worthy to be sent because of Christ. And this concludes our fourth devotional in the book of Exodus. Next week, I invite you to join with me as we read about how Moses appears to Pharaoh and how he faces a significant obstacle. Until then, I wish you a blessed day and an enjoyable week.